He talked about that sound mind today. I don't know if I got it or not. Amen. Uh, all right. We'll, we will um, we'll take a look here and um, continue on in our study here in Second Peter. And um, try to look back through just a little bit just to kind of catch you back up where we are. We have been in the first chapter remembering to be fruitful. And in the second chapter, he exhorts us to, um, to recognize the, the fallacy of the pernicious. So he's using the Word of God to remind us to uh, we're going to have to be, take great care in this day. Uh, it'll be very, uh, you know, as the last days, as Brother Jones mentioned, as these strong delusions and dece- deception seems to abound, um, we're going to have to take great care in our Christian life. We can't be, as this group he's fixing to warn us about, we can't make light of things. We're going to have to be serious about our walk with God. It's going to be take intent and purpose every moment of our life uh, to walk with God and to draw nigh to God. And um, so we need the Word of God and to be able to discern these things in chapter number 2. And now we kind of ended chapter number 2. We'll just pick up our reading um, just to kind of lead into chapter number three in this chapter break here is probably appropriate, but sometimes it throws you off a little bit in the middle of a thought. But uh, in verse number 20 of Second Peter chapter number two, the Bible said, For if after they have escaped the pollution of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled therein and overcome. The latter end is worse with them than the beginning. For it had been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness and after they have known it, to turn from the holy commandment delivered unto them. But it has happened unto, the, unto them, according to the true proverb, the dog is turned to his own vomit again. The sow that was washed to wallowing in her mire, in the mire, excuse me. And uh, I am going to still hold to the belief here, and again, this is not the point, so we don't want to get caught up too much in this, um, that these people here in this particular uh, portion of Scripture are lost. I believe it's talking about people begin to seek the Lord, and they receive the Word, and um, they begin to uh, escape from uh, even running with those that live in error. And um, they begin to clean their life up and they get in church and they start hearing the preaching and um, those kind of things. And I see often, I mentioned this the other night, but a lot of times somebody will come along and offer them something very similar, but not exactly the same, right? And uh, we're not looking for similarity. We want the real thing, right? So um, there's only one way. And so they'll do that, and they'll often take it that because they promise them liberty. And um, I made the statement that anybody that promises you a liberty to live lower than the standards of the Bible is false. And you ought to ignore them because that's not so. Um, our liberty is not a liberty to sin, right? That's not what the liberty but that's the liberty they promise. Uh, the liberty they promise is, you know, a, um, a freedom, basically, to live how you want to because they've already denied lordship. So they have no understanding of what it means to live the Christian life. And so they're going to recommend that same kind of thing. That's how their error is. They're going to uh, draw people with uh, uh, appealing to their flesh. And what's more appealing than you can go to heaven and still satisfy your flesh? 
right? That's appealing to human nature, right? And uh, so he um, exhorts them to be mindful of that. He, he, he tells them, look, this crowd, you don't want to be around that bunch when I come to deal with them because I am going to judge them. Um, it's, been, it's been ordained for a long time, just like Jude, Jude said. They're ordained of this condemnation. They're appointed to it. Um, and uh, the same thing he kind of says here. We need to mark them, avoid those kind of people uh, that teach and preach those kind of things. Brother Caleb was actually telling me he was in a church uh, somewhere. I forget where he said he was, but the lady had stood up in the middle of that and testified to how wonderful that Benny Hinn was. The episode she watched something and what a ble- great blessing it was to her life. And he was just, he said, I was standing there just in awe that somebody would, you know, be in a Baptist church praising Benny Hinn. But uh, uh, anyway, we got to be careful. A lot of us don't do that and thank God for that. If we have eyes that can see and discern between these kind of things, we need to thank the Lord for that because we could easily be caught up in it. And so this this group of people he's talking about here is part of those that John references and he references in the first part of the chapter when he said that um, many shall follow their pernicious ways by reason of whom the way of truth is evil spoken of. And I think this is those that go out from us because they're not of us. I think that's this particular crowd now. That doesn't mean that saved people uh, can't get involved in things that really mess their testimony up. That's You'd have to totally outright deny the Bible uh, to make a statement like that. So, uh, but I'm just saying in this particular part of the scripture, I believe it's referencing a group of people that almost got in, they were almost, and then they were led astray by these false preachers. So, uh, we need to remember the, the fallacy of the pernicious. Now we get to chapter number three, and uh, we are looking at be, getting ready for the future promised, and that's where he's going to go here in chapter number th- three. There's kind of a dominating thing here uh, dealing with the second coming of Jesus. So, uh, we'll begin our reading verse number one of second Peter chapter number three and uh, the Bible says this second epistle beloved I now write unto you in both which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance and so here in this first first verse he uh, makes an assumption here number one uh, I want to mention he says beloved and uh, I think it's uh, five times now. He uses it four times in referencing the saved people that he's addressing. And one time he uses it to reference Paul himself. But that's five times in this chapter he uses the word beloved when he's referencing his fellow Christians. And now we've got to have that same attitude towards one another. We're not going to make it if we don't have to, uh, an earnestly contending and striving to keep the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. And we have to see each other as not only beloved, dear to me, which which means you're dearly loved. You're dear to me uh, because uh, you're not dear to me because I'm a good person. Uh, you're dear to God. You're beloved of God. And I should love anybody God loves, right? Um, that's kind of, kind of thing. I'm a, uh, especially raised in the South. I'm kind of a clannish type fella. You know, your enemies are my enemies. Uh, and if you don't like them, I don't like them. You know, we have that tendency. Uh, but that's kind of the way it is in the Christian life. We ought to stick together. We're beloved. You're beloved. You should, if, if, if God, you're beloved for Christ's sake, then you ought to be beloved to me. I ought to, I ought to see you not as somebody that I can find fault with and call somebody else and tell them about. I ought to see you as somebody that's beloved to me, that I, uh, my job is to help in the Christian 
Christian life. A, a, a person that, um, uh, and we have, it's very easy uh, to um, lose sight of that um, because of various things. Our love gra- uh, waxes cold because iniquity is abounding and the times affect it. But uh, no matter what happens, we're going to have to strive to try to maintain this kind of spirit is that you and I, we should be dearly beloved to one another. We should be dear to each other's heart. And I've said it often, but as you have therefore opportunity to do good unto all men, but especially, right, those of the household of faith. And uh, if anybody's going to be neglected of my love and time, it ain't going to be God's people. It'll just have to be the world. And nobody has to be because that's not the expectation. Uh, but uh, I just want to make it clear there that the language that he's speaking, he's speaking to saved people, right? So uh, we, need to, we need to recognize because what he's going to get to is he's also going to deal with the fact, just like I said at the end of the chapter number two, that really, you know, the fact that a person gets entangled with uh, the affairs of this life or get entangled with some kind of sin is plausible for a lost or a saved man. Right? Saved people can do it and lost people can do it. And uh, so um, he's going to deal with that because he's going to say the same thing at the end of chapter number three. And he's going to say that to save people. He's going to say, now you better take heed and take care. You better watch out for yourself because you might also, and he says the word also, fall from your own steadfastness. So there, see, he's dealing with not, not just false preachers and not those that are drawn away with false preachers, but you and I as born again, saved children of God, we better be careful lest we also fall, right? The Bible said he's able to keep us from falling. Doesn't mean he's, doesn't mean he's going to, uh, the moment that you're saved, that uh, God's always going to keep you from, uh, he, he can and he will if you'll keep your eyes on him, right? But you have something inside of you that's prone to wonder, and prone to leave, right? So you have to take heed to yourself. And the Bible is always exhorting us to do that. But that's on down in the chapter. Uh, so um, and, and at the end of chapter number two, he's dealing with lost people that get drawn away. And then in chapter number three, he, he focuses again back on Christians and said, this second epistle now, beloved Christians, save folks, I'm writing unto you in both which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance. Now that in both, I don't know if he's saying he also stirs up by way of remembrance in, in the first letter. Or if he's mentioning two different things, because he does mention kind of two different things here. And so I kind of think that that's what he's saying in both. So he's, he's going to say, I'm going to stir you up here by way of remembrance. That's you, number one, look at verse number two. Be mindful of the words which were spoken before uh, by the holy prophets and the commandment of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior. So what's he saying there? Well, he's saying, he's saying uh, basically two things to me. He's saying it's not just in the Old Testament, but the New Testament too. I told you that story about preaching for that fellow, and I took a text from the Old Testament, and I preached, and he got up right behind me. The pastor did, Brother Reed, and he said, he said um, I'm glad I'm a New Testament Christian. And uh, oh, well, man, <laughs> wasted my time. Uh, but uh, anyway, uh, so uh, uh, the Old Testament is profitable for us, right? It's written for our learning. And uh, it may not be to us, but it's certainly profitable for us in the Old Testament. Again, exhorting to the Scriptures. How do I know what the Holy Prophet said? I had to go to the Old Testament, right? And then he says also of Jesus. So you have the New Testament there. Also with Jesus, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and us apostles, Right? Peter, John, all the apostles. And so he, he exhorts, he is exhorting them again back to the Word of God. You're going to have to take heed to the Word of God, right? And I know that's a fog and a dead horse, but we can't hear enough of that. Uh, be mindful of the words which were spoken. And the only words that I know were spoken by holy men of old is what's recorded in this King James Bible. 
right? I don't have any audio recordings, and you won't find none on Sermon Audio. You won't find them on YouTube, right? The Holy Old Testament of prophets, they spoke, and the record that we have of what they spoke is right here in this Bible. And so if you're going to hear what the prophet said, you're going to get in the Bible, right? And so he exhorts them to that. I want to I want to stir up your pure mind by way of remembrance. I want you to remember what those Old Testament prophets said. And so what's he going to lead into? What is it about what they said that's so important? And he'll go into that. So he said, be mindful of the words which are spoken of the holy prophets and the commandment of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior. Knowing this verse in verse number three. Now remember something in verse number two. He just ended, he just uh, got done dealing in chapter number two with false prophets. So let me say this. Yes, we need to be skeptical. We need to judge every person that preaches the word of God and teaches the word of God by the word of God, right? We judge them by the word of God and what they're saying by the word of God. Uh, and uh, so, and, and in a sense, we do need to be kind of leery of who we lend our ear to and be careful of what we're listening to and all those things. But when you find somebody that's preaching the the Bible, then is standing for what's right and preaching the truth, then you ought to listen to them. I think that's kind of what he's saying here. Now, he's exhorting them to the scriptures, obviously, but remember, they don't have the canon of scriptures when they're giving this, right? When he's giving it, it's being currently recorded, but he, 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 they don't have the canon of scripture. So, what he's, what he's exhorting them to do, what I want to exhort you to do, don't be leery of every man of God. Right, we ought to we ought to receive brother men like brother Caleb that come in here and preach the Bible. If he preaches the Bible, I want to listen to. Him. I'm going to give him my ear. I'm going to be respectful of what they have to say. Uh, we need to hear these men. These are God men that God's gifted, uh, and the purpose that they're gifted for is uh, to edify the body. It's to help you build up your faith and and uh, be a helper of your joy. And so um, we ought to we ought to listen to Bible preaching. God uh, is speaking to us by the mouth of these men that come in here and preach to us. He's give them, give them a, a, a verse and several verses often, uh, some some more verses often than others. But He gives them something from the uh, from the Word of God to preach to us to try to help us. And uh, we ought to we ought to respect that, don't you think? We ought, to, we ought to respect that some man has taken time away from his family that like he could have spent doing other things to get a message from God, to pray and to study and prepare himself and deliver a message to help my family. That's the way I've always viewed it and uh, tried to be respectful of Bible preaching. I may not like their mannerisms. I may not like how they approach it. I may not like how they spit on me every time they come down and walk out of the pulpit. Amen, some of you down here on the front row. Uh, but, uh, I may not like how their veins pop out of their head when they get, they look like they're about to have a running fit and kill half of us in here. I may not like some of their mannerisms and some of their delivery and all that stuff. But, but if they're preaching this Bible, right? Because I, I, I have a preference. I kind of like men more like Brother Caleb and, and Brother like Terry Pace. And some of these men, they're a little more loud and passionate in their delivery. Uh, but they're no more, they have no more of the power, no more of the Spirit of God than a man that may just deliver it uh, in quite a very temperate manner. Very, uh, but he's got the, has anybody ever heard a man like that who's maybe more quiet, but he's got the power of God on him? You don't even want to say amen. You're afraid you might miss something. Brother Billy Mitchell's that way. I mean, now I've seen him get a little excited, you know. He was, he'd get a little excited too. I've seen him do that. But generally, I was, I was afraid to say amen because I didn't want to miss the next word that was going to come out of his mouth. 
But generally, he stood right here and, and kept pretty constant, you know. So no matter the delivery, no matter the, um, the personality or the mannerisms of these people, um, if they're speaking what thus saith the Lord, we ought, to lend, we ought to give them our ear and hear what the Spirit of God has to say to us, right? And receive with meekness that word that they have for us. So now that's not really exactly what's being said here. I just want to throw that in here because it's good for us in this day uh, to take Bible preaching properly. I think that's a struggle, uh, especially a lot of the younger generation. They struggle with Bible preaching, and they take it as some sort of personal attack from a man. Then you, you can't take Bible preaching that way, right? If the man of God, and you think he's saying something because he knows something about you, and you think he's doing it on purpose to try to hurt you, number one, I'd get away from him if you think he's really that kind of person. Right? I mean, that's not a, guy, a nice person who's going to take the, 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 the sacred desk of God and stand up here with the Bible and try to hurt you because he knows something about you. That's a man that's got pretty bad character, in my opinion. Right? Most real preachers are fighting against saying things they know God wants them to say because they know people out there are guilty of it and they don't want to make them mad. Right? So, here's how you need to take Bible preaching. You need to take it as, hey, that man's got just as many problems as I do, and he has to take his lot when it comes around, and I'm going to take mine. This is coming from God, not a man anyhow. And if he is using it to hurt me, what I want to know is, is what he's saying true? I don't care what he means by it. I want to know if what he's saying is what God thinks about me, and if it's so, I'm going to get on the altar and repent and get right, regardless of what he thinks about me. Right? God will take care of any man that uses the key, that uses this sacred death to try to uh, lamb blast you for something and try to you know. Hey, listen, God take care of people like that. God, God, God loves you. He's not going to let people just. But hey, God's got something to say, and if what they're saying is true, then I want to say, "Oh me, Lord, and help me to get it right." Right? So just learn how to take Bible preaching. I, I don't take it with such offense as though some man has offended you. I mean, even Paul exhorted and, and uh, uh, patted me on the back for how they were able to take the Word of God. It's not as it was the words of men, but as it is in truth, the Word of God. Right? And so if a man's preaching the Word of God, just take it and just deal with it with God and don't worry about what his opinion of you is. Right? Because that doesn't really matter in the long run. Amen. That'll help you. That will help you. Amen. Don't sit there and battle and say, is he saying that because he knows about it? Hey, just forget about all that. You know why I can say that? Because I've done that. Right? And so I know how that feels. Is he just trying to take a shot at me? Is he just trying? Look, you just got to get to the place where you say, you know, none of that really, honestly, at the end of the day, that don't matter. What matters is, is what that man preaching, is that Right? And if I'm guilty of it, then I'm under obligation to God to get it right. Right? So just learn, learn, and, and that will help you, young people. I mean, I, uh, because, I mean, I'm sure there is times that men know things and, they, and, they, and they're doing their best. But I think real men of God, they have the best intentions behind that. They really want to help people. So don't, don't let that um, affect you negatively. Uh, just take the truth. Just, just take the truth. It, it will help you that way. I think a lot of people, um, and I think, I think the cause of that is social media. I think social media has built, in, integrated into our children this idea to a degree that, you know, if I don't get so many likes, then this person didn't like me. Like, I, I've had people, well, I about said their name. I've, I, I know people, they'll get tore up. I mean, they'll call me and say, well, I notice Amber's liked several posts from this person, but she don't like my posts. <laughs> now, Brother Shane, that's where we've got to. And I'm thinking, I don't know, man. Maybe she didn't see it. I usually feed it and I'll say, oh, I know she don't, never has liked you. <laughs> that's how I deal with it. Because <laughs> I like to see people upset every now and then. It's good for them. <laughs> right? 
Now they'll listen to this later and I'll get a phone call. So thank the Lord for that. But um, in all things give thanks, the Bible said, right? Even when you don't mean it, I guess. No. But uh, so uh, just, 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 hey, folks, you know, I think sometimes we just get this idea, um, you know, we're so self-centered, so... Um, uh, the uh, narcissistic, you know, society we live in is—it's all about that person, you know, and and um, I, uh, and, and we have a real tendency to, to do that kind of thing. Well, I notice that person always says something on their post, but they don't never say nothing on mine. They don't—they ashamed to be my friend, or they—hey, I know how all these thoughts go. This is not healthy behavior. And if that keeps feeding you like that and keeps you down and keeps you negative and keeps you thinking negatively about people, I will tell you what I'd do—I'd go in there and I'd delete the thing. Right, if you, and 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 uh, it'd be a whole lot easier. Then you don't even have to deal with it. Then you can let them all be mad. None of them like you, and you don't even have to worry about it. You can go to sleep and just forget it, because the chance is they probably don't like you. Why? Because you're not a very likable person. No, I'm just being mean. That's not so. Maybe they're just hateful. I don't know. At the end of the day, does any of that matter? What matters most of all that we bring glory to God, Amen. right? And so, uh, young people, especially, I want to exhort you to learn how to just take preaching. Even if you get somewhere and you see somebody's being mean, buddy, and he's yelling, he's hammering down on stuff you're guilty of, look, just take it and just say, God, you know what? I want you to help me get this right. I, I don't care how he delivered it to you. Just take it as it is in truth. It is the Word of God. And if it's the Word of God, then you respond to it as it is the truth, the Word of God, and not the Word of a man. That, that'll help you a lot. I've been through that stuff. I know how that goes. I've told you all that kind of stuff before. I, I, I had a pastor one time, I thought, done that, and I sat him down. I said, before you go, I got something to say. You preach that knowing what, and if you should have come to me privately first. Well, I was all tore up, I've been out of frame. See, you got, and what I lost sight of is the fact that really at the end of the day, none of that mattered. What mattered is, was I guilty or not? And the fact was, yes, I was. Right? But so, so being upset about it because that man may or may not have used it in a manner that uh, uh, he was trying to straighten you out or whatever you got offended by that as, uh, irregardless of that, now you've lost sight of an opportunity to, to step closer to, and walk more like Jesus than you ever have. So you missed an opportunity. And so you, that, that, that intent of the man's heart that delivered the message doesn't obligate you from having to respond to the message, right? Doesn't ob obligate you from the truth because he tried to use it to hurt you. So even if he did, you're still obligated to respond to the truth one way or the other. The light has come now and it's shined into your darkness and now you have a, a decision to make. You can reject the light or, and stay in your darkness or you can receive that light and it uh, be like an oil of gladness pulled out, poured out on your head. That's what David said, let the righteous rebuke me, right? So um, anyhow, that's uh, got neither here nor there. That has nothing really to do with where I went there. But it didn't cost you nothing extra, and you didn't have nothing better to do tonight. <laughs> Be mindful of the words spoken before by the holy prophets. See, that, didn't that mark them? Don't you like how they, the, word, the, the Holy Ghost throws that in there? Holy prophets. And remember it said that in that first chapter, holy men of old spake as they were moved. The difference in these men that we ought to lend an ear to and the, uh, the difference in these ones in chapter number two is these are holy men. Does that mean they're sinless men? Does that mean the same thing? Can you not be uh, sinless and not perfect? I think you can be. Was Jesus sinless? He was without sin, right? So Jesus was sinless. Was he perfect? 
Well, he was perfect in some sense, but he was not perfect in the sense of what God had intended, right? Because the Bible said he made the captain of your salvation perfect through suffering. Now, what does that mean? Does it mean he lacked something he shouldn't have? It was in the fulfillment of his will. I believe is what he's talking about there. So you can be sinless, but you can't be, you can't be perfect and not sinless. So I, I do know that much. Uh, but what it's saying here, it's not saying uh, that, uh, say, tell you like Job, for instance, talking about Job. does it mean that Job never sinned? Because you wouldn't even have chapter number nine if he didn't see himself in the proper light. Certainly Job had sinned or else Christ died in vain. So it didn't mean Job was sinless. So I, I, what, I'm, what I'm trying to say is, is, is what really marked the character of these people was holiness, but it didn't mean they were sinless people. Right? I mean, we have the words of David. We read what he did. We talked about it, what, Wednesday night, I think. And so um, uh, we, have to, uh, we have to recognize that while, yes, these men uh, that, we are, uh, that God's referencing that we listen to, they were marked by some failures in their life. But overall, you can notice this about David. David was a man after the heart of God. And his life wasn't marked by absolute filth and despair and trying to beguile people and get them to see him and trying to, that would, you know, he had some failures along the way, but his life wasn't marred up by a life of filth, right? He was a holy man. He got it right. You read the song. He repented that thing. Got it right. Covered by the blood. But now, uh, so I just want to, I just want to say, uh, I think sometime, uh, and why are you saying that? Well, I'll tell you why I'm saying that is because sometimes if you build that man up too much and you think that he can do no wrong when he does do wrong, it'll devastate you. So you, you, you can't, you can't put him up there as though he's sinless. He's certainly not. Right? Uh, Brother Ray Bearden's not a sinless man. I look up to him probably more than anybody that I know as a, as a man of God. And uh, so, uh, anyway, that's neither here nor there. I don't even know why I'm stopping there. Let's just go on. All right? We're in verse number two. So, ignore those false prophets and uh, uh, pay more attention to God's holy prophets, which are found in the Word of God and the commandment of us. And then he said, verse number three, knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lusts. Now, he's dealt with this with the seducers and the self-willed. And then we're going to come down here. Uh, he dealt with the scripture, the, your standing, the scriptures, seducers of self-will. And now he's going to deal with scoffers and the second coming in this last chapter. And he, he begins here in verse number three and says, knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers. Now, I'm going to, I'm going to uh, say a few things here about these folks. And we got to use our brain and start thinking about some things because... He said in chapter number two, what's he mainly dealing with and warning us against? What type of person? A seducer. Somebody who's trying to use, uh, even use religion often uh, to cover his trap. And, and, and what he's trying to do is seduce you uh, by, by offering you a liberty to live in, in lustful manners and saying that it's okay to live that way because we're not under the law, we're under grace. That's their favorite verse. Favorite verse. And that's not what that verse even means. Right? And so um, they try to seduce. They're, they're trying to. And so in the last days, more and more as you go along, you're going to see people deceiving and being deceived right to the very end. And you have to be very careful lest you be caught up in that myth. Uh, but then he, offers, then he warns of another group. And here's the second group that is just as dangerous as these seducers. And he calls them scoffers. And the reason they're just as dangerous is because they lead you to do the same thing. And that's doubt the truth of the Bible. Here's what they're saying. Here's what a scoffer is. A scoffer is somebody who mocks at things. 
They mock the truth of the Bible. And, 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 and maybe not outright, but their life certainly does. And here's another characteristic of a, a characteristic of a scoffer. They make light of everything. They make light of it. You ever, you ever been around people like that? Nothing's as serious. It's pretty serious to me. I think the Bible's pretty serious about sin, don't you? Mine and yours. It's probably more against yours than mine, but it's against sin. <laughs> I'm glad a few of you laughed at that. And these scoffers, they make light of everything. And, and one of the main things that they make light of is they make light of the judgment. So we're going to look in, in a few of these verses at some things that these scoffers make light of. And so we have to be careful to avoid the seducers. The seducers are a little easier to find. For us, even. Uh, especially because we've got so much of the light and the truth being preached in our churches. I think it's pretty easy to spot the second chapter crowd. Right? I don't think many of us in here are listening to Benny Hinn. Anybody want to testify about Benny Hinn? We're going to church you if you do. Joel Osteen. I forgot we're online. I do silly stuff like that and I forget it's on the internet. That big smile that he's got, it could win the world in that, that big old smile. And, uh, and most of us, we kind of can identify people like that. We kind of know, um, you know, that kind of crooked stuff to the, to the, to the large degree. Uh, but this second crowd, to me, is a little bit harder to identify. These scoffers are a little bit more um, because, in a, in a way, we all have a tendency to do this. And so let's just, let's just listen at what he says about these scoffers in this verse. So uh, they, they make light of things. They're, they're going to make light. And we're going to go through a couple of verses here if I can find my place. Uh, and we'll, we'll end tonight on these scoffers. So knowing this verse that there shall come in the last days scoffers. Now, that's not significant because there's always been scoffers. Right? What's significant? What's significant, not about their existence, but in their number in the last days. There's going to be a whole lot more, especially you young men. You're going to find now, you got all kinds of friends out here if you want to run and do the wrong thing. But if you try to get right with God, there will be absolutely hardly next to none come with you. That I can promise you. And I don't even know you. I can tell you, when I got right with God, I had two friends. I could talk them into anything. I could get them to kill somebody with me. I could talk them into anything. But when I got right with God... They went to church one time, heard me preach, Brother Shane. That was it. Just out of respect, I think. Not a single friend that I grew up with that said how much they loved me and cared about me. Not a single one of them got right with God. Not one. And in fact, most of them made fun of me behind my back about it. And uh, so not only not going to go with you, they're going to, they're gonna, uh, for a while, they tried to pull me back. I had one of my friends, his daddy was like that. He so hated God, he was constantly trying to, trying to pull me back in that direction. So you're going you're to find a whole lot about us, but this is what I can tell you. It'll be a lonely walk when you leave that world, but God will give you a whole new group of people to run with. He'll give you some Brother Caleb's and some Brother Reed's and some Brother Tony's and Billy's and Nathan's and, eh, I don't know about you, Cody, but Cody's and, uh, right? God give you a new family, put you with some new people that love God and really care about your soul and want to see you do something for God. And I, 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 I'm thrilled. I'd rather be in that crowd anyhow. And uh, uh, so uh, anyway, uh, now uh, these um, the scoffers, uh, that are the number of them is going to just be vast. It, they're going to come out more and more out of the woodwork. There's always been people that made light of religious truth. 
But it's going to be, it's going to, be so, um, to a large degree, and you see that in our day. It, it, is, it is actually a, a crazy thing to believe that there's a creator behind this creation. You're nuts to believe that. But if you believe you flopped up out of a, out of a pond, out of some tadpole, and you grew a head, and you grew hair, and you grew, and you lost your tail, and you, you ended up, I mean, if you believe that, you're perfectly sane. That's crazy. <laughs> I don't care how you dress that up. I've said it often. Some people, I think they did come from monkeys. That may be a little bit true on some of uh, but uh, in our day, you're, you're, you go to most, uh, most colleges, uh, if you just believe the Bible, you're a nut. Right? And so they're, they're, uh, they're, the number of these people that are going to come out and make light of religious truth, you'll even see people that claim to love God and even go to church sometimes. They'll make light if you really take serious the Word of God and start living like the Word of God says live. They will even be the ones to make light of things. I've said in my family I had the same thing. They wanted me to quit all my mess, brother, but they didn't really want me to get in. When I really got in, I was taking it too far. You're too crazy. You don't have to do all that. Why? Because it was a rebuke to them because they just flopped in and out when they wanted to. Right? And they didn't want somebody that was actually going to take it serious and try to live what the Bible said to live by. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And so even family, and that's Jesus said to come bring us not a piece but a sword and said it very and so, and so anyhow, so these scoffers are going to be coming more and more in the last days. So what are these scoffers going to do? And why is this important? Why is he making uh, this? Uh, because there are two things. Number one, uh, just like he did with the seducers, he doesn't want us to be drawn away with that crowd. He doesn't want us to become like that. But he also wants us to identify people like that and stay away from them. So you got to mark the seducers, but you got to mark these these scoffers, and you got to stay away from people that make light of religious truth. People that tell you that it's not as serious, and if you if, if you want to uh, if you want to you know you don't have to go to church every time the doors are open, and you know if we just you, I'm a Christian too, and I don't go to church. I worship God out in nature, up the tree stands, and in the duck blinds, and you know I get closer to God anyway out there in nature, and uh, you know all those kind of people. You know what I'm talking about. And, uh, and you got to watch people like that. So what are these scoffers making light of? They're, they're making light of, number one, um, they look at number four and saying they're walking. Well, number one, let's stop in verse number four. The first thing they make light of, they make light at sin. Look at what it said in verse number four, uh, verse number three, the end of verse number three. Scoffers are coming now in the last day, and you better watch out for them. And here's how you're going to find You're going to find that they walk after their own lusts. They're very similar to these seducers. They live just according to the flesh. If it feels good, do it kind of people. Does that sound familiar in America? If you feel like you're a woman, be one. That's what's coming in the next four years of your life. There's going to be men that think they're women back in the restrooms, and we're going to have to beat half of them to death if they go in there with our kids. And I think God would approve it. I think that's a mess. I think that's perverted. I don't think God's for that mess. And I'd get up here and preach on Sunday if they'd done it, brother, and not even feel bad about it. But now, let me get sidetracked. God get mad at me. Let me, let, me, let me go back to these scoffers. Now, these scoffers are making light. They're walking after their own lust. So they're making light at sin. And so I, I want to say something here because I, I've been in kind of a vein here. I feel like on, on one side of the ditch, you had this crowd that had this easy believing gospel where you could just live like the devil and go to heaven. And people, good men of God, seen that kind of preaching and how it didn't save nobody and it made twofold more of the child of hell. So they come over here on this side and come 
combated that kind of preaching with preaching that was a whole lot more right. But it seems like over time, we got on the other side of the ditch. And it's like, if you ever do anything wrong, you're probably not saved. That's the other side of the ditch, see? Because that doesn't bear out. The fact is, every single one of us have something in our life that's displeasing to God at all times. There's times we don't even know about it. Right? And so we're waiting for the adoption. Where that is redemption of our bodies. And we're waiting for that to happen. And so um, they come here on this other side of the ditch. And so, but what, what we've got to do is find a good balance. There's got to be a, a good balance struck where you're in the middle of the road. And that, that, that uh, walking between those two ditches is a very tight rope to stay balanced in your Christian life. Because while it's certainly true that, that the salvation will create a new creature, then all things, uh, old things pass away and behold, all things become new. And uh, it will create a change in your life, a hunger for righteousness, a thirst for the word of God, a love for God's people, and it will change you from the inside out. That's certainly true. It's not going to make you perfect to the degree you won't ever do nothing wrong either. Right? That will take careful walking and intent to live a life that's pleasing to God every day of your life. That won't happen just because you got saved. Not down here now. Now, he's perfected forever them that are sanctified. So, in standing in heaven, you've never done nothing wrong. That's totally different than your state down here. So, uh, what, what, what I'm trying to get at here is uh, I want to be careful in my preaching that people, so that they don't feel like every time they do something wrong, they feel like they're lost. That's not healthy behavior. Because you don't stand on what you do and don't you? You stand on what Christ did. So you have to be careful of that. But then on the other side, we got to be careful because I don't want a man to ever think that he can live in continuous, continual pleasing, uh, unfiltered, unbridled, unashamed sin and be a Christian because I don't think that's true either. There's this delicate balance to be struck. And so I want to be careful when I say things like this, but watch out for people that make light of sin in your life. There is nobody better at making excuses for what I do wrong than me. I don't need no help. I don't need no preacher helping me, that's for sure. I make enough excuses for my problems, and Carter's got oak pills. What I need is somebody to just take the Bible and tell me what God said about it. I don't need them to make me feel better about it. I don't need their opinion of what I, I just need them to preach the Bible. That's it. And so I want you to be, uh, I, want, I, want to be I want to be careful in, that, in, 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 in opposing that kind of preaching. We don't get on this other side of the ditch, see. But then in the same sense, if you stay here too long and you stay in grace and tell people, well, look, just because you see it doesn't mean you, well, man, that can go too far. And then you're on the other side of the ditch, see. So it's a delicate balance. But this much I can say, stay away from people that make light of sin. Sin's serious business, folks. It is the reason that Christ went to the cross and died and bled the cruelest death that man's ever died. And God gave his only son into this world because man sinned and transgressed the laws of God. God hates sin. One sin kept a man out of the promised land. One sin depraved the entire human race. One sin caused a lot of people a whole lot of problems. And so, God makes not, uh, does not make light of sin in any manner, and I don't want to either. And I don't want people in my life that make light of it. I want people that understand it. I want, I want people uh, that uh, when they see that I can't reach the top cabinet, I want them to get down and let me stand on their shoulders so I can get up there and reach it. I want people to say, hey, look, God's totally against it and you're dead wrong, but how can I help you deal with it? 
That's the kind of people I want my life. And I want to be that way for you. I'm not going to make you feel better about what you're doing wrong. If you're in sin, you better stop it. God's going to get you. God's just pleased with that. But the thing is, God doesn't let me see that so I can stand over you and be like some drill sergeant. Get up and scream at you. I'm supposed to get down there in the mud and get down on my hands and knees and say, hey, if you can't get there, stand on me. Now, that's the way I want to be. I want to be that kind of Christian for people. I want to be. And man, if I keep eating, won't nobody be able to stand on me. But uh, <laughs> I won't be the kind of person that, that doesn't make excuses. I don't want to make light of things. Young people, I want to preach as hard against sin as I possibly can. I want to make sin such a, I, I, as close as you, as the closer you get to God, the more you see sin in its proper light and just how sinful we are and how, how damning sin is and how, how against the character of God that it is and, and how much God hates it and despises the sin that is in the world. And, 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 and that's healthy. That's good. We ought to see sin as it really is. It's damaging all of us. It's ruining our families. Right? It's ruining your life. It's keeping you from being what you could be for God. It's grieving the spirit and hurting the spirit in the church. I mean, there's so much effect to the sin of our life. But what I want to do is I want to be the kind of person that can uh, not be like them Pharisees who bind men with those burdens and don't lift a finger. I want to do all I can to lift you up and help you get to where you want to go. And that ought to be that. That's part of this beloved that he's talking about here. I, I, I want us to be that way for each other. I don't, I don't want to change the standard. God's against this stuff, guy. I'm not going to change that to keep nobody in here. Right? And I'm not changing how I believe on that. I believe in a changed life. And God saves a man, he changes it. And if you didn't ever get changed, you didn't ever get in. But that also doesn't mean every time you think something wrong, God took it from you or you never had it. Right? Man, these scoffers, though, and uh, I kind of don't have many people like this in my life anymore. But I, can I give you an example of somebody? I don't know he's myself, but I worked with a man that was this way. And uh, I loved him so much. Me and him were so close. And uh, before I got saved. So after I got saved, I, I kept hanging out with him. Though he didn't want to go the way I was going, I still kind of, I thought I was reaching him, you know, if I just stayed his friend. And for the longest time, uh, Brother Jamie, the longest time, he, uh, he would respect that I'd just gotten saved and he'd quit cussing around me out of respect. Well, he's a lost man. I don't go long, you know. So three, four months into it, little words started slipping more often around me. He said, well, I don't think it's a big deal. Somebody said, that. listen, I do. Would y'all, what if I listen to that all the time, got up here and said something like that? You better believe it's a big deal. I don't, I, I'm telling you, I can't listen to that stuff. I was a preacher. What if I stood up in the pulpit and said something? Could you imagine? I'd have to quit the ministry in my conscience. And uh, so I was just a young Christian, and, and I, I wanted really to see him get right, but I was afraid to break that relationship because I didn't want him to think that I was better than him somehow or that I was, you know, I just, I could, I could easily be doing that was my point. And, but I kept that around too long. I kept it around too long. And before you know it, he was right back saying the same filth he had always said, and I heard it way too much. And then it was like, well, I've let it go this long. Well, how stupid am I going to look now to come in all of a sudden one day and say, I can't talk to you no more? See, once you let it go on so long, see, you're better off just cut it off right then. You know what I'm talking about? The more you just let stuff go, the harder it gets to deal with. 
And uh, finally I had to. I said, look, I can't talk to you no more. Every time you call me, you got me down in the dumps and you just not. I just can't talk to you no more. And now he's mad at me over it. But I had to do that. I had to get away from that kind of stuff. And uh, why? Because uh, he was kind of one of them people that just made light of sin. It just wasn't that big a deal. And, and uh, 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 he kind of was the kind of person, well, at least we're not doing this, and at least we're not doing that. And, and you ought to be proud of yourself. At least you ain't smoking dope no more. And Well, look, that's not the, the goal for my life is to not smoke dope. <laughs> Lost people don't smoke dope. Right? Come on now. I mean, that's, if that's the goal you're shooting for, you're shooting off a low. You can, you, can, you can go a lot higher than that. So no, I'm not happy with that. You, you take, you take a, a goals and aspirations out of the life of a person. What's the meaning to life? What, why is the, what's the purpose in living? Just to be happy where you're at? Oh, you always want to reach forward and, and strive to go on, right? But uh, so anyway, these kind of people in our lives, you got to watch them because the first kind of uh, of these scoffers is they make light of sin. They they walk after their own ungodly lusts. They just uh, and so uh, since they're walking that way, they want you to walk that way. And you you just need to get rid of people. Look, if they're not going to go the same direction you're going, you don't do it with this haughty spirit where your nose is turned up and you're better than everybody. No, but you can't go down that road. And if they're going to go that way, you're going to have to be willing to cut it off and just let them go. And that's not as easy as you think it is sometimes. Especially when you got love in your heart, because that's often confused. See, we got this love in our heart. See, uh, God said, love not the world, neither things that are in the world. Right? All that is in the world is the pride of life, the lust of the eyes, the flesh. And so you're you're kind of torn, though, because let's think about it now. I'm not supposed to love the world, but yet there's sinners in this world. And am I not supposed to love them to see them get saved? So you you have to be careful. The the love that you have in you can often be distorted sometimes. Where you, uh, the right proper love is to see them uh, drawn out of God. And so you want to do anything you can do to get them to God. But when they've shown themselves that they're joined to idols and that's the direction they're going, you're going to have to be like the Bible said and just let them go. You can't go that way with them. You'll never win them. They'll take you down, see. Especially you young people, this kind of point of your life, you can't afford to go down the road with people uh, that are going the wrong direction and think you're going to change them. They're going to change you. I promise you that. I don't know of a person that started walking down those roads with people and ended up staying straight. It's It's too hard to do. You can't do it. You're going, to have to, you're going to have to keep walking the right way and pray under the good Lord that they come seeking you when hard times come. Be available to them. So you have to be careful that this love that's been shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost, it doesn't get taken advantage of by the enemy and he gets you involved in things you shouldn't be around, see. And so uh, these mockers, these scoffers, they make light of sin. They, 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 they walk after their own ungodly lust. Now what's the next thing they do? We're done. We uh, hit our time here tonight. But what's the next thing this group of people do? Now I find this very interesting because... If I had to identify the people you and I deal with today, it's these two groups of people. People that are these seducers in chapter number two, that are riding in the streets, they're, they're left-wing nuts, socialist, Marxist, postmodern nut jobs. And I can identify them, and I never wanted to be around them even when I was lost. That was it's kind of easy for me. But then there's this other crowd that's scoffers. They're, they're, it's like they're almost, they look a whole lot more similar to what me and you have, but they just make light of everything. Every, nothing's as serious, and, and, and that's very dangerous, right? 
It's very dangerous to almost go. See, Judas, as one man said, he, he, not, even, he not only kissed the door, he kissed the blood because they said Jesus was, as, was praying and he was sweating as it was great drops of blood, remember, when he kissed him. I mean, he got close, buddy. He dined with Jesus. He walked with him. He, I mean, he heard the earthly words of Jesus Christ and he got close to getting in, but it wasn't enough, see. It, he looked very similar, so similar when Jesus said, one of you is a devil and is going to portray me. None of them knew who it was. Can you imagine sitting in that prayer meeting? In that dinner, if I stood up, we all went over here to the fellowship hall, and I said, one of you is a devil. We'd all be thinking, well, I know who it is. It's Hunter. <laughs> no. Hey, this guy was so good at hiding it, didn't nobody know who it was. They were, they were actually saying, it was, it was, the deception was so great. People were literally saying, hey, is it me? And I don't know it. Am I been deceived somehow and I'm the dead one? That's how good he was. So, so see, it's very, they, these people are a little, little harder to, uh, to, uh, to identify sometimes. And, 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 and I think they, they're dealt with in a little bit of a different manner. The, these ones in chapter number two, I don't even think you ought to give them the, the time of day. I, I wouldn't even listen to a word they had to say. This next crowd, maybe they're, they're, maybe they're at a place where you don't completely avoid it, but, but you can't go the direction that they're going either. So uh, it's, it's very difficult to learn how to deal with these kind of people. But people that make light of sin, I, I do know this, you can't spend a lot of time with people like that. Right? You have to be careful. You can't spend a lot of time. See, Jesus ate with those sinners. He, he certainly sat down and ate with them. But all the while, he was dealing with the truth. He would give them some truth. He wasn't, he wasn't just uh, sitting around telling dirty jokes, guys, right? I mean, so, uh, so uh, he wasn't sitting there letting them tell it and him laughing at it either. And so uh, uh, there's, a, there's just a careful line you have to walk here because um, these scoffers that are coming in the last day, they're making light of sin. And now here, look what else they do. And, and so we don't need to be caught up in this either. We need to be careful when we see these truths that are things like, uh, uh, you know, uh, eternal security and things like that. It's not so that we can make light at sin, right? That's not the purpose of that. And that's the liberty that they promised. But anyhow, so not only do they make light of, uh, of sin, but they make, them, they, they make light and they mock at the second coming. Now, I'm done with this one. There's several other things, but we've hit our time here tonight that I want us to see because there's an overall theme of this chapter that we dealt with in Romans. And here in this, here in this part of chapter number of three, verse number four, here's what they say. This is not stuff they think about. This is not stuff they wonder about. They're vocally saying, where is the promise of his coming? So what, what, what are they saying? So basically they're saying, th these are people that they just don't know. This isn't people that are, uh, that are in honest error, that have never heard the Bible teach on, you know, premillennial doctrine or, or, or the, the return of Jesus. This isn't people that just maybe haven't heard that yet and they haven't grown to that degree or whatever the case is. This, this is people that they have the truth and they know the truth and they, just, they decide to reject the truth. That the Bible has plainly said from the Old Testament to the New Testament that Jesus is coming again. And, 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 and Peter and Paul and most of the other apostles, they're exhorting us to get ourselves ready because at any moment Jesus could come and you better be found doing what you're supposed to. Not because he won't take you out and you'll have to stay midway through the tribulation. That ain't true. I know that ain't so. If you're here to the middle, you better well just keep your bags packed and get comfortable because you're going to be here to the end. Now, he says to them, these cloud, they make light of sin. They walk after their own, own, own ungodly lust. 
And uh, so they're very similar to those in chapter number two. But then they make light at Bible doctrines of things like the second coming. And they make motive and they say, look, we've heard this all along, all this time. And so here's, here's the same thing. We can't fall into this same trap. We, we, we say things almost to ourselves. What's he talking about? Well, they make light not just of the second coming. They make light of judgment. And so they have the idea, just like those in Romans chapter number two, that since God hasn't executed judgment on us, we're going to get by with this. So do y'all not know what I'm talking about? You do something that maybe is quite kind of gray. You're not really sure. And God doesn't really do anything about it. Or, or maybe you think, well, he understands. He knows how I'm made and he knows how I am. And he understands what I'm dealing with. And so God hasn't struck you down with something yet. And you think you're getting by with it. That's what the Bible says about your heart. Your heart is set to do evil at times because judgment's not executed speedily on you. And so uh, uh, what, what does he say in, in, in Romans 2? He said, uh, so what is it? Do, do you just uh, uh, forget the, uh, and, and count as nothing the forbearance and goodness of God? Do you despise that? Not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance? And that's what he talks about with these hypocrites. And so just like me and you, what we better do is we better get ourselves as born again children of God. We better get ourselves ready. Jesus is coming again. And say, well, I know I've heard preachers say that all of my Christian life. Well, I'm telling you again that it, I'm telling you Jesus is coming. And, uh, and so you can't get to this place where you're like, well, I've heard that and he ain't come and, and uh, judgment hasn't fallen. And so, and you're going to see how they make light of judgment too in the same way. And here's the overall thing that he talks about here. He said, so don't, here's what you don't need to do. Don't count long suffering as slackness. The long suffering of God is not permission to continue to do what you're doing. You know what the long suffering of God is? It says it right here in this chapter. The long-suffering of God is salvation. See, we forget about that. We think, God, boy, it'd be a good time for you to come. I made that statement this morning. It'll be a good time for the Lord. And that's true. I believe that. I want Lord to come, Lord to come. But, you know, he didn't come today. He didn't come this afternoon. Or maybe he did and we're left. I don't know. No, I'm kidding. He didn't come today. He didn't come this afternoon. And so you know what I have to think? You say, well, Lord, why don't you come? This thing's in a mess. I, don't, I just don't, instead of like that, you know what I ought to be thinking? That's salvation. That is God being long-suffering through the filth that this country is continually committing every day for folks to give them an opportunity to repent and get saved. That's, God hasn't come yet, not because he's slack concerning his promise, not because it, uh, it's not true and the Bible's not right and it was written by men. Jesus hasn't come yet because he's given men like you an opportunity to repent and get right before he does. Because he's long-suffering. And that, that'll get us thinking a little bit clearer because these scoffers, they take that as permission see. They take it as, well, since he ain't dealt with me, then I'm getting by with this. Maybe you young people have been there, and since you think daddy hasn't caught you yet, that you're getting by with it, and daddy ain't going to deal with you. I'm going to tell you something about what your daddy knows. Your daddy knows and loves you and lets you maybe, maybe gives you enough rope to hang yourself with. Maybe your daddy's trying to get you and give you an opportunity to get it right yourself before he has to deal with it. You ever think about that? Maybe your daddy loves you and he, maybe, he's, maybe he's being long-suffering with you because I'm going to tell you something about what your daddy knows. Your daddy knows everything about you because you're just like him. And so he may not know particularly what you're up to, but I guarantee you he's got some pretty good ideas. Now, that's different. Our earthly father, our heavenly father knows everything. But what I'm trying to say is this. We ought to look at those things that we're involved with that are displeasing to the Lord. And we need to say to them, well, 
you know, and we start making excuses. Maybe the Lord's letting me back. No, we need to look at that and say, that's the long suffering of God who's been patient and waiting for me to get things right. He's given me space to repent and to get right. And look at that long suffering of God that way. Because I think a lot of times we miss that part of it. And I, 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 I don't want to be uh, like these folks here who make, a, make light of, of, of Jesus' coming. And, and, and um, so can I just say to you, because I think this is kind of what he's dealing with, about being careful the company that you keep, the, the character of the people that you listen to. You, don't, you will be influenced if you hang around people that are constantly mocking the Bible. And so if you really want to get right with God, well, let's see how serious you are about it. Let's see you get away from those people. Because if you're really serious about getting right with God, you cannot spend all your time listening to people cuss God and make light of the Bible and mock the Bible and mock church and mock preaching. You can't, you can't stay right with God and do that. Can you? I couldn't. Maybe you're better than me. I don't know. I, I have a pretty good feeling you're not. You're, they're going to drag you down. Well, we're done here tonight. I appreciate the good day we've had in the Lord. You want to sing one for us, Brother Reed? At least give an opportunity to come. Listen, we had a tremendous message this morning by Brother Caleb. And um, talking about this crazy man and uh, getting right with God when he saw Jesus. And, and um, here's something to think about. In a way, he was talking about lost men there. He's telling lost men, look at this, look at this man that was crazy. And he met Jesus and he was sitting clothed in his right mind. He got born again. That's, that was what he was saying this morning. Well, here's what I'm saying. I'm talking to saved people here tonight. And I'm saying that Jesus is coming across the waters in the same light of that same scripture. And what he needs to find us the way he left us. Now, he never left us. Understand what I'm trying to say. I'm just talking about that verse. When, 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 when Jesus left that man, he was clothed, he was in his right mind, and he was busy telling people about Jesus. That's the way we ought to be found when he comes again. Seated and in the right places, clothed with the right clothing of righteousness, and in our right mind telling people about Jesus. That's how we need to be found of him when he comes. And uh, that's what the, the, the apostle here, that's what Peter's trying to get us and remind us to do. Lord, we love you. Uh, thank you for the good day you've given us. Thank you for the truth that helps us and uh, guides us through this dark world that we're in. Uh, I want to thank you so much for the good day, Lord. We've been through so much, uh, Lord, and uh, as a church, but, but Lord, all churches are going through this mess. And I just want to thank you for your faithfulness. No matter how crazy it gets down here, you remain constant and steady. And I want to thank you, Lord, that you saved us, put us in your family. Thank you for these that are here tonight. And I'm certainly pleased to call my brothers and sisters in the Lord. If there be one among us now that don't know you, never been saved, I pray, Lord, you deal with them. Help them to come and repent of their sins and believe on the Lord. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. You can stand to your feet a moment and bow your head. We'll give you a verse. If you need to come, you just mind the Lord. and Come on. Brother E. My.